Bye. Welcome back, everybody, to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me as always, Mr. Andy Molitor. And I must say, Andy, I'm always a little extra juiced when we do it in StreamYard. For those of you that don't know, we don't actually get to hear the theme song when we do it on Ninja. It's quiet. That's when we have all the graphics to the side and stuff. But when we get into StreamYard, we get to hear it. It peps me up a little bit. How about you? Yeah, no, I'm I'm Jack to be here, and we do have a special guest. He's a little busy at the moment. He's going to pop in when he gets a chance. We're going to start off with our picks and go through our normal stuff, and you know, maybe end up hustling through that at the end if if suddenly he shows up. But Drew Dinzik of the Deep Dive and various other stuff, he, he's all over the place. He's going to pop in. He's been handicapping the Olympics, which has been fun because um, finally limits are reasonable. There was a lot of... Oh, this is only available at like three places in Europe, and everybody we know over there is banned on these books because they're just, you know, it, it was like shitty, soft shops over there where any of these people, people who were handicapping the Olympics like actively and not just doing it for funsies, those kind of people are, you know, if not full on APs, are close enough where they're not being able to bet it at places like that. So it was tricky at first, but uh, a few places have opened some nice limits on things. The metal markets are not as robust as they were for the summer. Bookmaker was taking a K on every metal market with rebets. If you wanted, you can get pretty wild on that. They are still, there's still some places that are uh, taking some decent amounts on this. If, if you really want to get involved in short track speed skating or things of that ilk, which we will opening ceremonies tomorrow, sure, I believe there was some women's hockey. It is similar to soccer where, uh, you know, they, they start with the, they start with some of these early matches and end up going into a, uh, you know, because it's a, a team tournament like that, like soccer, you can't have that in two weeks. They end up needing a little time. Drew's already here. He's screwing up all the timing by showing up early. Just pop him in and make him listen to our basketball picks. <laughs> he likes basketball anyway, and I might have, I might have stolen one of these. From this him. doesn't feel like punishment at all. I'm curious what you guys are going today. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't have anything to say on mine. I'm just going to read them because it's, I had, I was busy this morning though. So, yeah, and Leg Show points out it was a fifty percent day. I was three and three. I like I was saying to Drew after the stream last night. I was two and three going into the late one, which is like my least favorite thing, needing that last one to just juice out. And thank God that that game was an easy, easy over. Dayton, uh, that Dayton game, it was like a 120 with 75 points in the first half. So I was able to rest easy, go uh, enjoy some drinks with the wife last night. But yeah, if you if you want to tell me what you got in the association, I'll tell you what I got in the amateurs, and then we'll move on to some Olympic stuff. I like that plan. Just two totals for me today. Yeah, one and one yesterday. Got our over, but the Cavaliers lost outright to the Rockets. I'm not really sure what the heck that was. I have to go back through that box score a little bit later just to see what was going on there. But um, would bet the Cavaliers again, honestly. We got the best of the number and so on and so forth. But two totals today. 
Um, both overs here, Bulls, Raptors, um, you know, a lot of things here are just working in general for your overs. My numbers actually this morning had this pretty much right on 222, close to 223. But then you kind of layer in things like the Bulls injuries, missing Lonzo Ball, missing Alex Caruso. Those are their two best defensive players. Their two best perimeter defensive players makes things a lot easier for these Raptors guards. You also then layer in the fact that the Raptors have been significantly better at home, especially Fred Van Vliet. It's been pretty solid player props for him. Take his overs at home, take his unders on the road. It started to balance out a little bit the last couple of road games, but the Raptors in general, much, much better scoring at home. And the Bulls have just been putting up points in bunches, again, without kind of their defensive stalwart guard. So we'll go over 222. We're better there. And then Spurs Heat. Um, this is another spot where I'm still trying to figure out some of these Heat totals. I've basically been over the Heat in some way, shape, or form every game probably for the last week and a half. And the numbers continue to kind of stagnate despite how many points they're putting up. It's, I think, a combination of Kyle Lowry being out. Um, you know, it's bad for the defense. Uh, allows them to pick up the pace a little bit. Lowry generally plays at a slower pace. So I think you're seeing some quicker games here. And our Spurs team that might be without Duante Murray, but in general is pretty healthy here and continues to be one of the fastest teams in the league. So, you know, barring some sort of bad shooting anomaly here, I, I don't see how this game doesn't get to 224, 225 here. So Bulls Raptors over 222, Spurs Heat over 221. Thoughts, Dinsick? I'm with you on both of these. Um, okay. I especially like the Bulls Raptors 222. I think you caught the bottom of the market there. Uh, we saw some under steam come in early on that one that I don't get. Raptors, of course, playing in Scotiabank with no fans in general. That's a, a high, uh, you know, plus EV shooting uh, expectation for them. Uh, and the Bulls, one of the fastest teams. Actually, they probably are the fastest team. I haven't looked at pace in a while, but I feel like the Bulls run the fastest pace in the NBA. So extra, extra possessions plus. Better than expected shooting. Uh, that one might be a rocking chair winner. Yeah, that's actually an alt total. I'll be on bulls overs. Or, <laughs> bulls overs are the new bulls for me. Like that. That feels like it's like two forty seven. I'm gonna call it now. It lands on two forty seven. Wow. Is that what you had in your bulls right? model? Yeah, I mean, bulls one forty seven. Raptors one hundred. I do remember. I, I did take my my weird my old college basketball model and tried to put the NBA teams into it once. I spent like you know an hour scraping the proper data, and it it spit out like, oh, the Knicks are really good. This was three years ago. That wasn't right. That wasn't right at all. I was like, well, this makes me mad. I spent a lot of time on this, so um, I will have much less to say because I had a doctor's appointment this morning. Didn't get a lot of time. I got into work early, checked the overnights, put in my plays, and then I had to go down to it's only a few blocks away, but had to get my Adderall refilled. So. Had to go take care of that this morning, and I really didn't write down any notes other than I played these. Some of them moved. I wish I'd have put them in earlier because some of them moved even before I could get them in on bet spurts, especially some of these totals on, like, smaller schools. If if there's, like, one or two people that agree with me, like yesterday somebody made was teasing me about the Lamar under, not even close, yeah, under 146, that there was, like, 175 points in that game. Uh, a couple other people were on that, and it, it shot down, so... Follow me on BetSperts if you want them right away. I'll try to enter them earlier because, Jesus Christ, some of these moves. But Irvine over 127.5. Little Rock under 140.5. That's one that is starting to move. UT Martin, again, this is down in 153 already. I think that's still playable under 154.5 for me this morning. Portland over 132. And the fight St. Thomas Tommies. Um, it has been 
many, many years that Minnesota, the pride, my pride, my state, has only had one Division I college basketball team. And South Dakota has two, North Dakota has two, fucking even Nebraska has a few. Finally, we have another one. So St. Thomas plus five, plus five and a half. And then uh, App State over 125 and a half. Utah Valley, hopefully a late game. I like a little late one on a Thursday night, over 135. And then the, down in the extra added games, some uh, some Sacred Heart, some Incarnate Word, going with some religious schools this, uh, this day. I like that. Um, Incarnate Word, probably good to eight and a half. I think they are, I think that's like a five point game. I like that. I don't take home teams all that often. And then Sacred Heart, I think that one maybe has moved a little too, but I think that's good down to like five. And Liberty, Liberty over. I know some people that are playing Liberty. Um, Liberty, I'm on the total. Liberty, Liberty. I never can place a bet without singing that. My fucking six-year-old does that. Drew, any, any thoughts on the Sacred Heart plus six? Well, I mean, Sacred Heart is my, that's my squad. Um, the, uh, you know, f- my fare there is, is five and a half, though. So it's tough, to, it's tough for me to give up. Sacred Heart, New York? Close. Dan knows. Pennsylvania? Connecticut. I might be. Connecticut. Okay. I knew it was a Sacred Heart High School. Uh oh. These, <laughs> these usually don't turn out well. Going head to head with Mass and in- Incarnate Word. Oh, really? Hopefully, hopefully they played it early. Yeah. They maybe, like maybe, Incarnate Word, huh? Oh, maybe no, that's they, why they, you have like, value. Yeah, maybe that's why I have value. Once in a while, <laughs> they'll they'll play something and pound the piss out of it, and I'll come back on the other side, and maybe we can both win. That would be awful nice. Ooh, Fairfield, Connecticut, so very close to New York. Uh, yeah, fa- Fairfield and Sacred Heart, Crosstown Rivals. F you. fascinating. Um, yes, maybe. Do you, know, do you know the Sacred Heart uh, mascot? What's that? Is the Pioneers. Pioneers. Why are they wow. Pioneers in Fairfield, Connecticut? You know, because everybody probably like everybody probably just left Fairfield, Connecticut to go on the Oregon Trail or whatnot, or cross the old Cumberland Gap. Oh, that's an interesting point. I hadn't even a little bit of, of history. Probably something religious, and they wanted to change it. I forgot we were on Streamyard. I should have put my green screen up. I'm, I'm just sitting here with the boring yellow background. Well, let's let's dip into the Olympics, Alex. Have you looked at anything at all? I know it's sitting in Pennsylvania. You have all the legal books as well. You have a ton of outs. Have you peeked at any of the markets yet? I've been kind of scrolling through, and it's tough for me to make heads or tails of this. A lot of these events are, uh, you know, the curling is stuff that I'm always close to. I actually like fading Canadian curling teams. I feel like that's just an angle where the Canadian teams, they just take all the stinking money in the world. And you go in sometimes, and they're these huge favorites, as they should be. But every once in a while, I'll kind of try to find some spots to fade them a little bit. But in general, the Winter Olympics are tough. I, I try to find ways to be patriotic maybe back to the USA. And again, you know, I saw Canadian bacon again last week, so I'm feeling pretty anti-Canada right now. <laughs> I like that. That's, uh, that's, I mean, fading, uh, fading Canadian curling, uh, that did it's you tough. well in 2018. Uh, the Canadians were heavy chalk in, in all, all three, three curling events. And, and they, they only got one. Got, did they even get one, or did they get swept? They they, they did get the mixed. I believe they, they got the mixed? mixed one. Okay. Yeah, well, they, they do some the they do some weird stuff. Like I was trying to dig into curling a little bit because I was talking to a guy yesterday who's like really into curling and knows his stuff, and I didn't want to be like a total total lunatic. <laughs> and uh, I was going Ken Palm's curling ratings, just kind of getting double familiar with like, yeah, double. Yep, that's right. Um, <laughs> and 
what was pretty clear is his perspective on this is a guy who watches curling and lives in Canada, watches curling all the time. Very, you know, very knowledgeable. Uh, and his perspective on who was good and, you know, how they stacked up very different than Ken Palm's ratings in general. So there may be edges in curling. And this guy was very pro Canada. And he was basically like, there's so many good Canadian curlers that they don't just like take the one or two best and have them do everything. They literally are picking different people for each role and responsibility and stuff. So it's like they have the best men's curler and the best skip in the world. But he's not doing the doubles on the men's side. They have like a different guy who's doing the men's doubles. Uh, similarly, they have the one of the best women's skips in the world. They didn't take her because she doesn't have experience at the Olympics. They went and they got like a, a, a feisty vet who's like Ken Palm's like 12th rated uh, skip in, on the women's Jenny, side. Jenny Jones. Jenny Jones. That's right. Yeah. You um, know, you know curling's big. Like I'm literally from where I sit right now, I'm probably – three blocks away from a curling arena. It's, I mean, it's a hockey arena too. Obviously there's several hockey arenas there and there's a big picture of whatever guy we mm -hmm. had that went from our town that went on the, the miracle on ice team. But there's a lot of curling that goes around, around in the area. And it is a, uh, it is, it is wild how big it is up here North. And well, I, I can I, give I you a, kind of a lunatic take from Chernoff and I like Chernoff and I like his football take. He, he said like the, basically the curling market is, efficient because Ken Palm has ratings on it and the college basketball number, like college basketball is based on Ken Palm. And, and that was his analog saying like Ken Palm does this and he's, he's, it's like, I don't know. College basketball is kind of beatable for a lot of people too. <laughs> I think somebody, somebody else said that, but yeah, but I like, I, 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 I agree with this point in the context of the other Olympic events, right? Like if there's one Olympic event that has any data to help support a handicap, it's curling. Like yeah. a lot of the other stuff is like not I hockey. Mean, like, well, the hockey is a lot of amateurs, and I mean maybe maybe, you know, maybe, I guess you're right. maybe you know really well like some of the amateur, you know, like or, you know if you, maybe if you handicap KHL uh, or something, you know, like the true strength of the Russian team. I, but I don't know that there's a ton of data on that. I think curling there is a ton of data. I will tell you real. Uh, uh, a real live look. They started curling early. I don't know if you guys know this, but there's a couple of rounds of mixed doubles have been um, have been contested, including what was the most anticipated Canada versus Great Britain. Great Britain has the number two men's skip in the world on their mixed doubles team. Instead of you know Canada, instead throws some some schmo out on there, right? Great Britain got the better of Canada yesterday, six four, and they are now two and one. Uh, in the uh, mixed doubles where Canada is one and one Great Britain did beat the the tar out of Sweden uh, but then turned around and lost a heartbreaker to Switzerland I think Great Britain wins the mixed doubles I think Canada wins the men's and the women's is completely up for grabs maybe Jenny Jones has a, an all-time you know remember why she was the goat of curling performance but uh, I think the Swiss uh, the Swiss are dangerous in that one um, and so ultimately I think Great Britain Canada and, and Switzerland kind of share the share the glory across the doubles markets i like that i'm seeing i think like plus 200 for the men and then great britain in the mix it looks like right around plus 175. yeah those are all fairs um and then uh the swiss women you know they have supposedly they have the best women skip in the world going for the swiss women um fascinated to see if that ultimately may, means anything but uh if you go by the ken palm numbers you're betting on the uh on the swiss outright for gold in the curling but that's you know, that's not why I'm here. Who cares about? Her? There's <laughs> I, much I, more I mean, interesting I stuff do, I wanna, going on. 
I want to hear how you approached it. You were you were able to. I mean, we'll just gloss over. You were able to bet somehow on some on some markets, some metal markets. Like how how did you approach that? I want to hear because you know I, I know how you did it. I know how you did it already. I know how you did it in the summer. Um, and we had the same problem in the summer where there's some new events, Mono Bob and, and things like that. Like, how did you approach oh, no, some Bob. of those new events? Well, that is the biggest struggle is like going and finding other info. Like you said, there's no stats for a lot of these sports, but like finding the results. I think our biggest thing during the summer events was we had to go find the world championships of like judo and, you know, right. the, the world championships of fucking pretend karate by yourself. Kata. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and really like outside of, you know, those, is it a lot of those organizations. Kata was the one where you I'll were just like, uh, yeah, just, uh, I remember blood sports. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I, you know, we, we, out, outside of finding like the organization who organizes judo, and yeah. their world of you know the ch world championship event results and, yeah. and some of the other tournaments like there was precious little information is that kind of what you're running into with these no it's actually easier for the winter um for two reasons um it's a, it's a small it's a lighter lift uh they were what 400 gold medals in the summer something like that yeah. there's only 109 for the winter so just in general like there's there, there's less of a uh, of a uh, you know, it's less daunting task to go look up every sport and figure out like what the hell's going on. Um, the other things that made it easier than the summer are the this this year's competitions have not been especially disrupted by COVID. So like they've competed a ton in this calendar year in World Cup events. Right. So basically, like on the world stage, you've seen these athletes competing in December uh, you know, November, December, January in their respective sports. So you have some signal of current form for basically every sport, right? And my general approach was to kind of look at it, use three pieces of data, and I weighted them this this way. Um, you, the three pieces of data, current form, so basically your current standings from your this, this 21-22 World Cup series, uh, your, uh, the market price for at bookmaker. Cause there's basically a market up for everything. Yeah. And then, uh, lastly, just sort of a legacy of like, how good is your country at this event in the last X world championships in the last X Olympics. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm giving a little bit of a legacy bump. To, well, I mean, that comes to that speaks to the coaching, to the preparation, exa yeah, exactly, to the, exactly. To the, the academies that they have exactly. that are prepping these, you know, somewhere, somewhere, and and again, it's here in Minnesota for the most part because like the whole women's curling team's from fucking Duluth, but there's a <laughs> you know, th there's like these places where the speed skaters are training and there's Olympic committees that put this shit together. Yes, there are. It speaks to infrastructure. You have certain countries. Yeah, there you go. That's they build great. that infrastructure and it just continues to pump out quality people. That's right. And the other thing is, in certain countries, this stuff just matters the most. I mean, I know it's a summer Olympic thing, but you know, there's a lot of really good Jamaican spinners because they carry. They really care about that. It's a pride thing yeah. as a country. So let's go over what matters to who. Uh, alpine skiing. Alpine skiing matters to Austria. Like they, they live and die by that. Like I, I remember being in Austria during like a world, the world championships one year and, 
like the Super Bowl was on and every television was on like World Cup skiing. <laughs> they were like, this is the bigger deal. Um, number two, uh, I would say um, that Norway absolutely dominates cross-country skiing, biathlon, Nordic combined. Nordic combined is cross-country skiing plus ski jumping. Um, it's like basically a, a little, little, yeah. Well, biathlon combines cross-country skiing and shooting. And shooting. So, so yeah, two equally wild. Came up with that. Uh, some Norwegian fellow that you know. There, there's not a lot of sun. The there's not a lot of sun and not a lot of vitamin D up there in the wintertime. So they got a little bit wild with how they were coming up with sports to compete <laughs> in. Uh, but yeah, Norway tends to dominate cross-country skiing, biathlon, Nordic combined. Uh, Germany dominates the sledding. Dominates. Bobsled, luge, skeleton even. Uh, you have to give them a little bit of a bump. Um, is it, it's either the engineering or the uh, just the just the something about cheat. The, something's going on. They're not cheating and sledding. Come on. Um, they cheat, they they're very, very good. They're just a very good sledding program. Um, the uh, the short track speed skating, you got to tip your hat to the South Koreans. Uh, in the long track speed skating, it is a Dutch sport you know it's top to bottom they care about long track sp uh, speed skating and you know incredibly um you know incredibly uh high commitment there uh figure skating is obviously typically dominated by the russians um the u.s and canada tend to split freestyle skiing and snowboarding events um the poles are good at ski jumping what are, what are we <laughs> Go good um what's that what are we good at everything snowboarding snowboarding think, and freestyle skiing yeah. and stuff yeah. like that the x games type of sports is, is really all that we bring to the table uh and the, yeah team usa is is not looking yeah. great for this olympics personally but uh, events yeah, yeah. I, I think it, it's probably a case with most most u.s facing books you can almost always just bet the u.s under like i got yeah. caught i got yeah. caught in the trap of we we found so many gold medals when we went through it and I bet some USA over like alternate. I said, I'm not paying juice on this. Yeah. Because if I'm wrong, they get like 30 medals. Yeah. And that, we were very wrong. So, I mean, are you leaning? Did you bet? I, I remember yeah. looking at your bet. That's the only bet thing USA that, under. that's kind of the only thing you can really get liquidity on at this point because they just didn't open very many metal markets at all this year. I got, a, I, I did a little bit of VIG free matching uh, on a couple of them. And I'll give you just sort of a general sense. Uh, Norway is expected to dominate. They are the prohibitively high favorite for most gold medals. And while I agree they are most likely to get the most golds because of their cross-country haul, because of their biathlon haul, I still can't make them that big of a favorite. Um, so I took some shot. I took a shot on Russia, basically, at uh, like 8-1 to one or 9-1. to one. They, I think you can still find some 10 to 1. I thought, I thought you even got a 10. Yeah, I think I did get a 10. But that, yeah, you the 10 to 1-ish for Russia to win most golds is a fair long shotty type of shout. And basically, you're just counting on them cheating uh, and like doping <laughs> and stealing gold medals from Ro Norway in the cross-country and biathlon type events. Um, if that happens and they have a reasonable shot, you're going to need 13 to 15 gold medals to have the highest total count um in general i think germany is very very well priced they're going to come in right at 11 unless something absolutely insane happens norway i have kind of ranging from about 13 to 16 their total was 19 and a half so i bet that under um team usa i have coming in at six seven and a half uh currently market wide you can find eight and halves out there i like that under i can't russia most golds is plus 240 on fandle that is that is awful price. Do not bet that. That is a horrific price. That's horrific. This, 
Is this this is the oh, that's metal total metals? Metal. That's total yeah, that's metals, total metals. Metal. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm Still, talking I'm talking strictly gold metals. Do, forget about the total metal markets. Total metals is a really it, high barrier. Way, it's way chaotic. Although I, I, do gets think, wonky. Yeah, gold, I do think gold or get over. the fuck out. Yeah, gold. I think that probably geez, goes over geez, and the yeah, gold yeah, medals gold. go under. For that US. sounds right. That sounds right to me as well. We're gonna see. Well, just a lot of based on volume, yeah. like we just yes, have so yeah. many, so many athletes. Yeah. Um, I have this coming in at seven and a half. So I bet some USA under. And let's talk about how to balance this because there are a narrow there are there's a narrow tunnel of where USA is getting their golds. So I think you can bet the under and then independently hit some nice plus money winners on usa winning gold right so that's generally my strategy at least in terms of how i've allocated capital so far um and so i'll give you uh i'll give you three i'll give you three usa gold medals at some long shot prices to go along with an under eight and a half total golds for team usa right so we're, we're shooting for a middle here all right right these number down. one number one this starts this weekend women's giant slalom a name you are familiar with is michaela schifrin she is the reigning gold medal champion in the women's giant slalom. That is her best event. You run the course twice. So, you know, it takes a little bit of the variability, a little bit of the uncertainty out of it because um, you get two runs. Um, and she is in better form than the market realizes. If you look at her grant, you know, her World Cup results from 21 22, um, she won the first two events cleanly. And then she basically took her foot off the gas. She basically was like, well, you know, I can't get hurt. Like, I, you know, like it's much more important for me to win a gold medal at the Olympics for all my sponsorship dollars. This is probably my last run at this. So you get um, on the Wheaties box. That's you get on the Wheaties box by winning a gold medal, and you do it yeah. the first weekend in the first event, which is women's giant slalom. So I think in general, she's taken her foot off the gas uh, from some of these races, and uh, you know, her she's really in a head to head with one other woman, Sarah Hector of Sweden. I personally think Hector is completely overpriced here. She's won recently in the giant slalom since Michaela Schifrin has basically taken her foot off the gas. Uh, and she's not, you know, she's, she's older. She's just not, not very decorated. You she know, doesn't have you know a lot of money, is? a lot of support. Who's Sarah Hector? She's the 94, 95 rockets. Like, yeah, she yeah, won because somebody else took their foot off the gas by playing baseball. There you go. Exactly. Still That's counts. a fair comp, fair comp Still entirely. Counts. Fair comp. Um, the, uh, yeah. So the, uh, asterisk behind all her wins lately and really, you know, just, she's not as well supported. She hasn't won as much money over the years. She's really only taken the number one ever, you know, the number one seed, uh, in women's giant slalom, you know, this, like you can look at her year over year. She's like generally in like the 15 to 20 range. Like, so she's sort of, you know, fluky well doing well now. Um, I took Schifrin at plus 300 available at bookmaker which is wild that you can get that big of a price on Michaela. Um, but I think she's a fun play in, um, in uh, the first weekend of Alpine skiing. And uh, that's a fun way to, for us to get gold. I don't think Michaela Schifrin gets any other golds also. So basically you want Schifrin to just kick ass in that event, dominate, get gold and not, not even fly home, but like then go scoop her competitors in some of these other ones. Alpine combined, I don't think she can get it. Uh, definitely slalom. She is lined. She is lined more likely to win even than giant slalom. But I think she is a sitting duck in that one. Um, the world number one slalom skier right now is absolutely dynamite. Um, and uh, I think uh, that'll be a fun one. So 
the uh the let me pull up her name here because i don't want to uh uh to get this wrong but um women's slalom we're coming at uh let's see here i mean are you talking about petra yeah petra thank, petra thank you Vlova? from slovakia yeah yeah. The, yeah petra vlahova uh yes uh, a famous a famous ho a famous ova uh that uh you can come at in uh in the slalom so basically you want we want michaela to dominate and then we want to scoop up a a, a cheap vlahova price on on the slalom later in the program another u.s athlete to watch that i bet on as a long shot that i think is a, a fun fun one uh men's freestyle skiing big air uh we have a a decent shot here uh, with a long shot price at plus 370 on Alex Hall. Um, Alex, of course, uh, a good karma for this show. Um, but uh, Alex Hall came into world championships in Steamboat Springs in December, barely got beat. Uh, and he, in general, he didn't have his best program that day. But the guy that beat him at Worlds is the current market leader. Alex Hall then turned around, went to Aspen for the X Games, landed the first ever 2160 in competition. Spencer's do never the, done that. You want to do the no, he never has. You want to do the math on 2160 for me? How many rotations that is? I mean, it's three times 720. A lot. At six, six times, six times around Too in many. the air in the big air. Um, I could never even land the 1080 in the video game back in the day. So I have no idea how you land a 2160. Of course you got a skiing um, video game. Are you talking <laughs> Tony Hawk? Uh there was a snowboarding video. There was game a snowboarding version of Tony Hawk. Yeah, 1080. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it was it was called 1080. It was like called 1080 something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Uh, yeah, yeah. But 2160 is absolutely ludicrous. That's what he landed at the X Games. No one's ever landed in a competition. They didn't even really know how to score it because they were like, what the fuck is that? Um, and so if he lands that trick in the big air, he wins. He is. I got him at plus 370. You can still bet him in the plus 330 range. Uh, the big air, I think, is on Tuesday or Wednesday. So that'll be a fun one. Alex Hall, Team USA, wins gold in that one. Um, also, there's no potential uh, judging uh, tomfoolery. In that one, um, there is some potential judging tomfoolery on the women's freestyle skiing uh, to be aware of. Uh, the biggest controversy as we head into these Olympic Games, and one of the bigger stories, um, is the there's an athlete named Eileen Gu. Uh, she is born in the United States. She is 18 years old. She has massive, um, uh, you know, massive sponsorship deals. You look at her Instagram page, and it's just like Louis Vuitton, Tiffany. Uh, Oakley, like all you know, luxury brands like up and down that she is sponsored by. She elected to compete for under the Chinese flag in these Olympics, probably for dollar reasons, you know, probably for yen reasons. Um, and NIL, yeah, NIL, yeah, they they secured the bag for her to compete under the Chinese flag, and she has a realistic shot at three gold medals in slope style, big air, and half pipe uh, among freestyle skiing. and because those are judged events, the likelihood that there is a little bit of finger on the scale for China, I'd say it's pretty good. Uh, she's probably going to be one of the bigger stories. This is her big breakout Olympics. Again, she's 18 years old. Um, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of money. There's a lot of money behind her to do well. 
at these Olympics. So just be aware of that. Yeah, the, um, the, 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 oh, weird. The Russian judge. It's, it goes. Back oh, weird. To yeah. It's the Chinese judge. So, it, yeah, all right. Chinese I'm, uh, so those are two, those are two fun ones. One real, one other, uh, long shot. Yeah, give, give me one more. Cause I'm already late to a golf meeting. <laughs> <laughs> men's long track speed skating. We have a, a men's hopeful in the 1500 meters. Uh, Joey, um, Mantia, uh, he is currently the, he is currently holding the top time in the world in the 1500 meter long track speed skate. Um, he has, he defeated all of these, you know, all of his competition in the world cup events this year. Uh, you have to go back four years to find anyone who has skated faster than him, than his time from December of this year. He is currently plus five ten. Uh, at bookmaker. I bet him this morning to win the long track 1500 meter skate. Um, so here's what we're hoping for three gold medals across those three sports for usa athletes and then that's all she wrote for us maybe women's and women's hockey we'll cheer for women's hockey too usa women's hockey gets us the fourth gold and then that's it for team usa i dig it thomas kroll is a tough out but i I believe in this uh i've been i've been keeping up a little with the telegram a lot going on in there oh for which one for the the, the olympic telegram for the oh yeah there for 1500 meter speed skating yeah that's where that's where kroll is Tomas Kroll is in the he's in that market. That that's your I mean that's your competition. I, I believe there's a I was a worried Korean. about the Chinese guy. Is, is Zo all right? I do got to run. I can't say that. Before I get yeah, Zo Yang Nin. Yeah, that was the guy I was worried about, and I'm only I think worried Kroll about. Him. Might be I'm, in the I'm worried about him because I think that's of why the, you're uh, getting a good number. So, okay, as everyone okay. knows. All right, Drew. I appreciate it. I wish I wish we had more time. Maybe we'll maybe we'll do something. Who knows? You know what? Olympic spaces. That'd be a fun thing. Maybe next week. I don't know. Uh, Let's get weird with it. That's a good idea. I like this idea. That'd yeah. be fun to get some other because you know we could get everybody's could doing do it spaces where, now. Yeah. Well, you could get a time where our French friend could pop in and talk. Ooh, you don't even yeah. need to invite. You know, you could make some of the people from the Telegram channel speakers. Let's uh, let's Ooh, let's like brainstorm this. on this afterwards. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna run because uh, I'm already late <laughs> for a damn meeting. Thanks to Drew here, which is it's fine. I'll live. But uh, Drew Denzik, the whale capper, whale underscore capper on Twitter. If you're not following him already. Why are you on gambling Twitter? Appreciate him stopping in. Alex, best of luck tonight in your NBA. Hopefully I go about point, point seven ten. and four. I'm, I'm, I'm projecting a seven and four day for me, not counting the Bulls alt overs. And with that, I'll catch you guys Friday. <laughs>